Captain's Log, Stargate.sg1. I'm Captain Britain. And I'm Elongated Murph Pat. These are the voyages of the starship USS Scatman John, our <laughs> ongoing mission. To explore new Trek episodes, to seek out old Trek, both cringe and based, and to boldly go to, to a, a Costanza, Costanza Doctor No. Soy Trek the Podcast is here. One half vegan, one half queer. A hundred percent communist, unless we have a less leftist guest. We'll Patrick and Britain talking, joking, farting, and shitting all about Star Trek. Like our buttholes, the show is Rex. Soy Trek, the podcast is here. So listen to Soy Trek. Right up your ears. Keep it on going with the lube up your ears. Yeah, like that. Okay. Yeah. We can always change it too if you want to just not. <laughs> Not fucking cut me out on a sorry, sorry. theme I wrote. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, welcome to the bridge. This is Soy Trek, the show where two trickies ask themselves, who specifically can we thank for the threshold reference in this episode? Because I will literally send them a package of merch and a very nice thank you note. I love it. I, yeah, I like. I, I think. I think we like. Didn't you say like you know it'd be surprising if they do do. Uh... Yeah, like actually, like solidify it as canon and mention it. They just did. They fucking they just did. did. They mentioned. They mentioned threshold. They almost like just. They basically just said, like they almost mentioned the name of the episode threshold. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was incredible. It was incredible. I love it. Yeah. I was just like, it definitely. I was just like, yeah. I was just like, I just so started good. cheering. So good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have ads now, as you may have noticed. Don't want ads? Well, for as little as $2 a month, you can subscribe to our Patreon and not only get ad-free episodes, but also get all of our episodes the moment I get done making them. So all four episodes at once sometimes. Who knows? Uh, and you also get high-quality HD audio episodes in stereo. See, so it sounds like you're in the fucking room with us. It's nuts, man. Wow. Yeah, and also, yeah, you get all the episodes every week, so uh, you don't have to wait for them to uh, trickle out, like uh, come down a wildebeest leg after they, <laughs> they get bread. Mm. Yeah, not not bread like, you know, bread tube. Or oh. Like, um, like bread like breeding. Like they get a Ooh. get a big fat load of wildebeest cum or very curious human cum. I hope they get I hope they get bread afterwards though. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, they get actual like, good, you know. Good good girl. Here, have some, here have a loaf of bread. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, after I fuck people, I usually give them a loaf of bread. Mm. It's helpful. You just have like a uh like a uh like a like a uh, wood oven that you just like bring mm-hmm. out like a fresh, oh, fresh yeah, loaf. Earth yeah, hearth. Yeah, yeah, you just bring yeah. it out and then you're like, well, here you are. Yeah. Complimentary bread loaf. I'm like, listen, your pussy was trash, but here's some bread. <laughs> 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 um, so, uh, also, if you pay $5 or more, we mention your name on the podcast and say thank you oh, nice. to people just like Dan Morrison, Dylan Lance, Joanna Hearn, Jordan Hale, Nick Savard, and Shane Sawyer, who are all awesome and deserve a succulent Chinese dinner. If you're listening to this in any position to give them a succulent Chinese dinner. Man was trying to touch my penis. 
<laughs> if, you, if, you, if you don't get that reference, Google succulent Chinese dinner immediately. Yeah, it's It is fantastic. one of the greatest internets on all of the internet. Sorry, one of the greatest videos on all of the internet. I hope I can say that if I'm ever arrested again. He's, Just he's, like repeat that speech verbatim. He's so, <laughs> that dude is so cool. Like, he rocks. Yeah, he dudes rock. Yeah. Uh, once again, that's patreon.com slash dumb idiot BS. That's dumb idiot and the letters BS, which also happen to stand for mm. buoyancy secretion. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess it would. Would it? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I just chose two words I knew. Yeah, completely at random, but you know what? It works. Those it are the initials could. of those two words. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Speaking of why not, uh, what we what we watch this week? Patrick? We watch some Prodigy. Indeed we did. That was the new trick for the week. So you know what? Let's get in. Do the fire to... starter. Hell yeah. <laughs> Nothing but a prodigy thing, baby Just two dumb assholes talking crazy Soy Trek is a podcast that pays, man A cap, so please don't try to mace, man Prodigy, Star Trek Prodigy this week Brand new Prodigy, released just yesterday Thursday, December 15th, 2022 We would have watched it yesterday, but guess what we were doing? Watching Avatar! Avatar 2, the whale Wadi, motherfucker. Go listen to our review of it right now. And wa- well, first watch Avatar. Yeah, first watch Avatar 2, the whale Wadi, because it yes. fucking rocks. It rocks. And if you haven't seen the first Avatar, watch that one first and then the whale Wadi. Yes. Because they both rock. Yeah. Yeah. James Cameron. It's like poetry, it rhymes. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> they're sequels. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that works for me. Uh, it's not like poetry, because poetry sucks and it's for idiots. Yeah. <laughs> Poetry's for fucking nerds. Like, yeah, like if you like poetry, you're a fucking nerd. Yeah, it's so funny to me that people, like, used to be poets. Like, people used to be able to make a living on poetry. Yeah. And I'm like, God, they really didn't have anything to do back then, then did they? Like, no. all of their toys were made out of wood and shit. And they're fucking, you're sitting there reading poetry, remembering poems? Mm-hmm. What good is that for? That's the dumbest bullshit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like, unless you're in theater or something and need a fucking monologue to fucking yeah. remember or something, or, I don't know, if you're a musician or something, that's cool. You put poetry to music, but you're like, oh, I was never good at the music stuff. I just write the words, and you read them. Well, that sucks. That's because, yeah, I mean, like, that's a thing. Like, you know, back then, they they were never entertained, but, like, you know, rhyming two words together, that's, holy shit, that's, like... That's some groundbreaking shit right there. I like, fucking hate that. But now we've replaced, you know, poetry, which is lame, mm-hmm. with like, you know. With rap, which with is rap, cool. Or in driving fast in cars. Like, mm-hmm. driving fast in cars is our poetry now. Like, or, True. or surfing. Uh-huh. I, like, I, yeah, I like how, like, um, like, I feel like the culture that, like, most poets completely rejected ended up taking over poetry. Yeah. Like, imagine any, like, rap star now being a, a, a fucking 20th century poet. <laughs> like, Jay-Z as Robert Frost. Mm. Like, yeah. yeah I, the ro- I, I'd watch that biopic. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to see what he could do with The Road Less Traveled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the uh, the key less stepped on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Star Trek Prodigy, season one, episode 18. Only two more episodes left this season. Uh, this one's called Mindwalk. Uh, it was released yesterday, but we were watching Avatar and reviewing it. This one's written by Julie and Shauna Benson, both of whom wrote for the series The 100 and some DC comics, but this is their first episode of Prodigy they wrote together, mm. which is actually surprising because it's a pretty well-written episode. I yeah, I liked it a lot. 
This one's directed by Song Shin, who's done like half of the series at this point. Mm. We mention him like every other episode, so you should know yeah. his know his name by now. Put some respect on the man's name. Yeah. <laughs> Seems to be like one of the main creative forces for Prodigy. Yeah, yeah at least in, in directing. Yeah. Uh, at least like visually, I'm sure. Like yeah. Song Shin. I'm sure like the Hegmans are much more involved in everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for sure. So, uh, we open on the Dauntless, confronting the Protostar just as it was in the end of the last episode. Uh, the crew gasps. Rock begs for somebody to turn the ship around, but Jenkin Pog says they can't. The construct has taken over, and they've been locked out of all their systems. Hala Janeway, meanwhile, is aghast at the fact that the construct used her, took away her agency, and made her deceive the crew, as we saw in the last episode. Mm-hmm. This... Uh, like Janeway at this point, Hollow Janeway is obviously like a completely sentient program, right? Yeah. Like she's like beyond the sentience of the doctor. Like she knows who she is, what she is. She's aware of her own existence, existence as a hologram and has self-reflection. Yeah. And like it's her own thought. And she's feeling, yeah, shame and, mm-hmm. and guilt. and Which is like, if we can't qualify like sentience by that, what can we qualify? Yeah. Like, <laughs> come on. Like, yeah, maybe she can't necessarily feel pain like people, but like, mm-hmm. Since when does that qualify humanity? Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, so Dahl says they can deal with Hala Janeway later since now they have a big problem, the Dauntless, and it's only getting bigger. And Jenkin Pog's like, I got another problem. It's getting bigger. <laughs> but I don't think y'all want to see or smell it. <laughs> I went to the Avatar planet. It's made of nothing but blue chew. <laughs> <laughs> um... So Hala Janeway bows her head in shame and says she can't be there if she doesn't know what she's doing. So she makes herself disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like magician. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is a kind of, it's like, well, thanks for, you know, got him into this situation, like way to abandon them mm-hmm. in, a, in a very, <laughs> very important, pivotal thing. Like, okay. It's like, well, put that aside for right now and let's mm-hmm. focus on the fact that we're, face directly with the people we've been evading this entire time. She needs to have a boohoo. Yeah, she needs to have a boohoo. It She's just a makes hologram sense. having a boohoo. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, okay, put a pin in it. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's handle this. So Gwyn tells the crew that the Dauntless is hailing them, but Dahl orders nobody to respond, obviously, since the Construct can't react as long as they don't respond to a hail. Now, like, the Construct can commandeer Hala Janeway, but it can't make her hail the Dauntless? Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. No. I feel like that's a little bit of a, a weird plot point that doesn't make any sense, and I hope they figure out a way to explain it, because that really doesn't do it for me. Yeah. So, Gwyn suggests that they might be boarded, uh, which would make things much, much worse. Dahl says they cannot let the Dauntless take their ship. Over on the Dauntless, Dr. Gnome is doing something when he looks out a window and sees the crew of the Protostar, all relatively children. Murph sticks out his tongue at him, and Gnome rushes off to go <laughs> inform the captain. Mm-hmm. Rock says uh, they're not just locked out of their systems. The warp drive is powering up and preparing to make them run away. Like I say, like establishing that they can see each other from their ships. It's kind of weird. Kind of weird. Like you, you wouldn't think like two ships that large could be, especially in the-, the Dauntless. I mean, the Protostar is not that large. Yeah, the, but yeah, yeah, the Protostar they're... is smaller, I think, than mm-hmm. like the original Enterprise. So. That still pretty big. It is still pretty big, but Mm -hmm. also 
the bridge of the protostar is entirely covered in a glass dome. Yes. And so you can see in that very easily. But like mm. the Dauntless is bigger, I think, than the Enterprise D. Yeah. It's like a fucking Marriott in space that can hold like 5,000 people. Mm-hmm. Like there's, if you looked at a Marriott and like tried to see someone on the 30th floor. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're on the 30th floor of another building, that's not happening. No. And the, so this doesn't really make any sense. No, yeah. You wouldn't, like, they would look like, yeah, like specs to mm-hmm. you. Like, yeah. Like, it might make sense if Gnome was, like, looking through a viewing glass or something. Or, I don't know. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll get into it because there's, this comes up again. Yeah. Like, this this scene's establishing, like, a p- plot point later, but still, it's just uh, like, wow. Like, how close do you have to be to do this? Like, yep. it's kind of crazy. Yep. Um, so on the Dauntless, Commander Tysus tries to hail Janeway on her comm badge, but she doesn't answer, and Dr. Gnome reports that he couldn't reach her either. So as we'll remember, uh, in the last episode, uh, she was karate chopped by the Diviner. And she was. Out. So, uh, now we go to Essentia, the Diviner, and their Dreadnought, um, but, uh, putting an unconscious Janeway in a closet after knocking her out. The Dreadnought suggests... But as we've seen, can't put Janeway in the closet. No, no. She, she, <laughs> no, no. Especially now when seven and nine's around, no, sir. Hell no. Uh, so the Dreadnought suggests they throw her out of an airlock, which made me chuckle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, the Diviner says a missing admiral would bring unwanted attention, which is pretty wise. Um, Ascension grabs her comm badge and says she'll be out for a few hours, so she plans on putting the badge on in, in Janeway's quarters and telling the crew that she asked not to be disturbed and orders the Dreadnought to find a way to erase all data of the event, which is actually pretty good covering your tracks, I think. Yeah. At least temporarily. So, essentially walks onto the bridge, and uh, just in time to see the Protostar warp away from them. Tysus orders pursuit at maximum warp. They're not quite catching up, and Tysus asks if they can go any faster. Essentia suggests that they reroute power from the quantum slipstream merge their warp fields, and lock onto their course. Mm. Dr. Gnome thinks this is a dangerous idea and muses if the protostar engages their engines, it will tear the Dauntless apart. Essentia says the Admiral wants that ship, and Tysus agrees. They merge warp fields. Now, this is pretty reckless, I think, to do, especially without Admiral Janeway's say-so. Yeah. Like, Gnome is right here. Yeah, Very correct. This is not a good idea. And plus, like, also, like, you know, what's his face? The Andorian guy. He's the captain. Yeah, he's the commander here. And no, yeah. yeah, he could still like be like, mm. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's kind of kind of a little bitch. Yeah, yeah. So on the bridge of the Protostar, Zero notes how interesting it is that the Dauntless merged warp bubbles with them. Jenkum says at least they aren't shooting us right as they begin shooting. <laughs> And he's also like, well, at least they're not shooting cum bubbles at us. And then they start, is, the cum starts bubbling up. He's, he's like, like, oh, smells like Jankum's clothing. He's like, just as I wanted them to. Mmm, <laughs> Jankum's hungry for a fat load in his mouth. And by the way, I just found out uh, the other day, I didn't realize this, Jankum Pog is none other than the same voice as the Mucinex Booger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Jason Manzukis. Yeah, I didn't realize Jason Manzukis took over for T.J. Miller after he was canceled. Mm. Yeah, because he used to be the Mucinex booger. But oh, then, really? T.J. Miller was. Yeah, then he called in a bomb threat on a train. Cool. No. 
I'm nah. just kidding. <laughs> Very sarcastic, cool. I mean, that's funny for a celebrity to do, though. Like, yeah, it, it is. Objectively, like, it's not funny in a comedian way, and obviously he, was, he wasn't doing it for yucks. But yeah, like, it's only something that you do when you, you know, as a celebrity does, when they're absolutely losing their mind. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 funny, objectively, in a way that, like, I can watch from afar and be like, T.J. Miller fucking called him a bomb threat <laughs> on a train because he was super, he was drunk out of his mind, which is, like, yeah. hilarious, yes. right? But it doesn't make me think well of T.J. Miller. It's like, uh-oh, someone's going to rehab. <laughs> I doubt he did. Instead, no. he just like he started doing like the conservative talk show circuit. Oh, did he? That's probably why you haven't so, really wh- seen him too which much. Which way, Western man? Yeah. <laughs> um, Bomb threat or conservative talk show circuit? <laughs> I gotta say, why, why not both? <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, like doing doing like the conservative talk show circuit is lucrative. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is money in it, and I can understand why all these guys, you know, all these guys that are just like losers, like mm-hmm. that can't really like have any sort of career otherwise, you know, like you know, our our Dave Chappelle's and and everybody else who are taking like the the right pivot, like doing it because easy paycheck. It's easy paycheck, and they're I mean, they're rich now, so they're just protecting their own interests. Yeah, which I understand, like people voting for their own interest and protecting them, but like rich people have to realize that, like. You know, protecting their interest is destroying the planet and the majority of people and their lives. Yeah, well, they don't care. They're they're not good. They're going to be dead before then. <laughs> yeah, and I hope they're dead a lot sooner than that. Yeah, yeah. And you know, if you're in any position to speed up the process, <laughs> I'm not saying you should kill the rich. I'm saying it'd be cool if someone did. <laughs> in be Minecraft, cool. you'd be cooler if you did. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you kill any millionaires, kids? <laughs> no? Be a lot cooler if you did. All right, all right, all right. Uh, so, Gwyn... Uh, thing I like about billionaires, they keep getting richer, I still have the same wage. <laughs> um, Gwyn notes they're... All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, Gwyn all right. notes they're trying to take out the Protostar shield so they can be boarded. Doll is frustrated they can't talk with the Dauntless. Zero says they must find another way. There's got to be a better way! Rock suggests they reconfigure the deflector dish to emit a tachyon phase pulse, but Jankum interrupts him rudely and says he doesn't know how to do that. <laughs> Which is like, shut up and let Rock talk. Like, Rock knows what they're doing. Come yeah. On. Let let rock talk, rock talk. Oh, <laughs> you're listening to rock talk yeah. with rock talk. Yeah. The talk about rocks <laughs> talk. Uh, so, uh, Gwyn asks Zero, who's a telepath, if they could reach Admiral Janeway's mind at this distance. They say perhaps if they had their hive mind, uh, like the the Kamala the K hive Kamala mm-hmm. Harris's fan base. But their telepathy alone is not strong enough, and no one who believes in Kamala Harris uh, has an IQ above 100. No. Uh, Rock suggests Dahl could be their hive mind, since he read Okana's thoughts that one time when he was using his augments. He did? Mm-hmm. Uh, Zero agrees that Dahl's genes do have telepathic DNA. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, the protostar is rocked by a phaser blast, and Dahl says whatever they're going to do, they better do it fast. Uh, and Dahl asks Zero what he should do. And Zero's like, come. He's like, well, I can do that very yeah. fast. Yes. And he whips it out and jizzes all over the bridge. No hands. <laughs> <laughs> no, gonna glaze that donut, baby. He just smirks and just like, no hands. 
This is the only recessive gene I like. <laughs> Imagine if that was like a skateboard trick. <laughs> you just like do a, do a kickflip and then just come <laughs> midair. Okay. <laughs> All right, continuing on. Uh, Zero instructs Dolph to close his eyes and reach out with his mind. They tell him to relax. Don't do it when you want to go to it. <laughs> relax, don't do it when you want to come. And then he, he busts and then... When you want to come. <laughs> uh, so they come into the void of space together and enter the Admiral's ship, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so Dolph focuses on Admiral Janeway and as a phaser hits the protostar, Dolph falls to the floor unconscious. A pair of eyes open only to see Murph towering above them. They scream and ask what that thing is and what's going on. What's wrong with her voice? They recognize Gwyn and Rock Talk and Zero and have no idea how they got on the protostar. Nobody's sure what's going on. Then Jenkin postulates that Dahl didn't read Janeway's mind. He lost his own mind. Bum, bum, bum. Zero agrees that this mind is not in fact Dahl's, or at least their mind isn't. Dahl then proclaims that they are Admiral Janeway. Everybody's aghast, flabbergasted. <laughs> uh, Zero estimates that when Dahl established a neural pathway to Janeway, his neural pattern somehow swapped with hers. Janeway, uh, as Dahl, says that this is impossible, which is like, I feel like this has happened on the Voyager before even. Like, Janeway knows mm -hmm. this is fucking possible. Yeah. Just then, Gwen realizes that if Janeway is in Dahl's body, Dahl must be in Janeway's body. Oh, yeah, there was one episode where uh, the doctor took control of uh, Seven of Nine's body, mm -hmm. and he decided to eat a bunch of cheesecake. Yeah, that's true. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, so, Dahl wakes up slumped in a closet and wonders why his voice sounds so weird. He looks at a shiny view screen and sees his reflection. He's Admiral Janeway. He's like, damn, I wonder what this pussy does. <laughs> He's like, let's see some titties. <laughs> <laughs> damn, Janeway, you've been packing. You've been wearing a sports bra this whole time. Oh, girl, no bra. <laughs> um, so he's surprised by this. He thinks he blacked out or must be dreaming. He mm -hmm. lies on the floor and tries to wake up. Honestly, kudos to Kate Milgrew and the writer here. She does a crazy good job of embodying Dahl's anxieties and personality. Yeah, she does. And obviously, she's like having fun with this episode. It's really yes. good. Yeah, she does. She does. I was thinking like she does do does a great job of like because like when when they're playing each other's characters, both voice actors do an excellent job of taking mm -hmm. on the inflections. Yes. And, and everything of each other. Yeah, yeah. I forget the name of uh, Dahl's actor, but yeah, both of them very good job this episode. Mm hmm. Janeway sneaks around the ship, uh, doll as Janeway, sneaks around the ship and narrowly misses seeing the Diviner, who walks back to the closet he left Janeway in with some restraints, only to find that she has escaped. He gasps. Doll as Janeway is stumbling around the hallways when a lieutenant addresses her. Slash him. Uh, so she says, hello, Starfleet person. I'm the Admiral, obviously. Thank you for your service. <laughs> Just then a red alert goes off. The Starfleet person calms Tysus and says he found the Admiral. And Tysus says to beam her to the bridge at once. She tries to say no, but it's too late. And Dahl, as Admiral Janeway's beamed onto the bridge. Mm -hmm. Now Ascentia, thinking that her ruse is up, sees her and reaches for her phaser. 
But Janeway says, nice to see ya. Yeah. As if nothing happened and waves to her. So essentially it doesn't immediately react. Tysus offers the calm to Janeway. And Dahl accepts, Dahl is Janeway accepts, saying he is Admiral Janeway and he can do this. Mm-hmm. Tysus announces a few more volleys of phaser fire will take out the protostar shields and allow them to board. But Dahl tells them to cease and quit it. Tysus protests, saying this is, uh, th- these were Janeway's initial orders. Mm-hmm. But Dahl is Janeway, says he's changed his mind, not in a weird way, but in a totally normal way. Mm-hmm. Which he keeps on like being like super anxious and stuff, and it's like it's obviously suspicious. Like yeah, he's not he, doing a very good job of not being. Sus. He has a lot of like he has like way too much social anxiety sometimes. Yes. Yeah, because it, I mean it does like I mean he does show like restraint and competency in other situations. Absolutely, and like but you know but you know just for the sake of the story he has to so, be completely. And- insane and the thing is like <laughs> i understand why admiral janeway wouldn't understand what it's like to be in doll's body and understand his mannerisms but that doesn't really matter because she's not trying to hide who she is right no however doll has spent so much fucking time with Halla janeway he should know her mannerisms and at least how to fake it a little bit yeah yeah like he, he yeah he could have been like okay what would what would janeway you know the hologram do in this yeah. situation and mm-hmm. he would just be like and kind of like emulate it and I mean, it does say something about also like their ages, where Janeway is Janeway assesses the situation, mm. comes to terms with it, and just like, okay, well, what are we doing? And yeah. she and she doesn't have to. She, I mean, she doesn't have to do any sort of like uh, pretending who she she is and who she is, says she is, mm-hmm. but she's just immediately like you know thinking of solutions and and sure. taking command over these kids. A natural leader. Natural leader. Where Doll is still getting. Doll is like a goofy little nut, and mm-hmm. he's just being 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 a silly little guy on the bridge. <laughs> so Tysus says okay and calls off the pursuit of the protostar, but Janeway says to not do that either, as they don't want to lose their body of work that is the protostar, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of a fun way to like save that line. Yeah. So. Tysus confusedly asked if she still wants to board their ship, and uh, Dallas Janeway stumbles and says maybe they should see where the ship is going first. Then pew, 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 which was pretty funny, actually. Yeah. But not not Janeway at all. Uh, Yeah. This writing and acting was super funny. Really enjoyed it, but it took me out of it for just a second. So overall, good. Slightly above average just because I was like, eh, but also funny. So. Yeah, and you also you think like as the other veteran Starfleet officers would instantly like be like, okay, Janeway's, she's uh, she's well, she's the, having a she's having like a mental breakdown. Yeah, and I, I think <laughs> I think they began to notice. So Doctor yeah. Nome comes over to hand Janeway a cup, saying, as a doctor, he orders her to drink this coffee, mm-hmm. and telling her to get it together. Uh, so in it's I think that's like the first tell because. She says earlier in the series that doctor's orders were to not drink coffee and to drink tea. Yes. And so the doctor handing it to her, like, she's obviously not herself because the real Jane would be like, you told me not to drink this. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. So she takes a sip and immediately spits it out in disgust, asking how she drinks this stuff. Mm. And Dahl, like, literally asks out loud, like, how does she drink this stuff? Which I'm like, are you? That's stupid. You're just dumb now. Yeah. (laughs) 
Like you're just being reckless with his body. I mean, um, black coffee is an acquired taste. I will oh, say. I, you know what? I bet it was black rifle coffee. Oh God, yeah. yeah. He's like, oh fuck this. Yeah, fuck this, this coffee. This tastes like liberal tears. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like fucking ass. So I do wonder, like, like what black rifle coffee tastes like. Like I'm sure probably just like all probably Folgers. Yeah, <laughs> probably, probably just Folgers, Folgers. Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing I know for absolute certain is that has to be like the least fair trade coffee of all time, right? Oh yeah, I mean like, by design, and it's probably like, something that they promote. Yeah, it's it's like literally like harvested by child soldiers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> at, at gunpoint from other child soldiers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and they, and they're like, guess what? How our coffee's harvested? Yeah. Your your fucking pussy liberal Starbucks coffee is made with fair trade coffee. Ours is made by real men who are twelve years old. <laughs> They've already killed their father and taken his title as leader of the gang. They're all addicted to heroin. <laughs> this is where your fentanyl comes from. <laughs> yeah. So, um, on the protostar, Janeway, as Dahl, muses on the new information uh, she has and that the crew of the protostar didn't contact them in order to, pro- uh, uh, yeah, didn't contact them in order to ultimately protect them. Mm-hmm. Gwyn tells her all that they want is to return the protostar. Janeway f- walks to the front of the bridge and says the following. No, actually, I didn't copy that word for word because mm. at first I was like, oh, this is a good speech, but it was really short. So, yeah. Uh, Janeway says when they were a cadet, they learned that a good officer always keeps an open mind. And all of the assumptions she made about the crew of the protostar were false. Rock asks if this means she'll help them, and Janeway agrees but says she needs to return to her ship and her body to do so. Mm-hmm. Zero brings up a genetic profile of Dahl and says his genetics have been spliced with 26 different species. They believe his telepathic link was hijacked by another gene in his augmented DNA. Mm-hmm. Janeway muses on the fact that Dahl is an augment. Rock postulates that Dahl's organian DNA caused the body swap. Janeway wonders if she can reverse the mind swap uh, Janeway, yeah, wonders if she can reverse the mind swap, and if so, how? Mm-hmm. Zero and Janeway try the method they used the first time, uh, sitting there and like meditating it away, but it doesn't work in transferring back. Zero wonders if there's a variable they have not accounted for, and Janeway says they need to find out what it is. Fast. Yeah. Over with Dahl, as Janeway, Essentia says she asked to speak with her. Uh, in like Janeway's ready room, Janeway or doll as Janeway is like playing with a model. I think of the the uh, Voyager, but I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, it kind of looked like the Voyager. Um, but or it could also been the Dauntless. It, yeah, because the Dauntless kind of looks like just a taller Voyager. Mm-hmm. Um, so Essentia asks if Janeway doesn't remember their discussion, and Doll does not. Essentia tells him that they have to either hail them or board them in order to communicate. Uh, with a protostar. Dahl says, that was a test. Good work. I did I did remember that. Uh, just then, Dr. Gnome walks in and tells Janeway his medical scan picked up faint cellular damage in her cerebral cortex. Uh, Dahl, as Janeway laughs, laughs it off, saying his brains are just fine, much to everybody's suspicion. Hmm. Gnome says he'd like to run some more tests, and Dahl says maybe after a nap he can run all the tests that he wants. Yeah. Okay. 
Next, we see Janeway pushing Dr. Gnome back onto the bridge. And Doll, as Janeway says, Hey, you, antennas, you're in charge. Everyone keep doing an awesome job. Teamwork makes the dream work. And everybody seems suspicious. Now, antennas is a racist term towards Andorians. I would think so. There's no way it can't be. Yeah. Like you're, you're pulling, you're, you're calling out a physical characteristic of someone that sets them apart from the rest of the crew and singling them out because of it. Mm -hmm. That's literally like being like talking to Chakotay and being like, Hey, Indian do this. (laughs) Like, whoa Mm -hmm. guy, don't do that. Pump the brakes, homie. Yeah. Come on, man. That's, that's not, that's fucking racist shit. Mm -hmm. Don't do that shit. So, Essentia tells Tysus they've tracked the Protostar's course to a heading in the restricted sector near Gamma Serpentis. Tysus says that puts them awfully close to the heart of Federation space. Gamma Serpentis, uh, do you think that's what they're calling uh, the, the snake clits that they just discovered? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gainus. Uh... Uh, or or uh, how about Clama Serpentis? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Essentia asks if there's really a weapon on that ship, if they can stop them alone. Tysus says he'll hail Starfleet and have all available ships meet them at that vector, which is actually a great move by Essentia in writing that actually really works. Yes. Uh, yeah, she's subtly like, uh, um, worm-tonguing him like, you mm-hmm. know, well, what if we do this? I mean, yeah. And she's like... <laughs> mm-hmm. Essentia exits the bridge smiling. Everything is going exactly according to her plan, and mm-hmm. also she smiles when she's horny. Like uh, she did, just like the da, 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 um, the the um, Domeranians or Draymond dra- dra- David Draymond David Draymond's David Draymond from yeah. Disturbed. <laughs> On the protostar, Janeway as Daw looks into the systems and says, "Whoever locked them out must be down with the sickness, <laughs> and uh, must know the ship inside and out." Suddenly, they have an inkling and open up the bridge floor and walk down to the chamber where the living construct is held. Holla Janeway is there, staring at it sadly. Admiral Janeway tells her she knows what she did, and she'd be hard on her, but she knows that already, because she's hard on herself. Mm -hmm. Holla Janeway says after what she did, it felt like the easy way out. Admiral Janeway says it sounds like something she'd do herself, and introduces herself to her holographic counterpart. Mm. Hala Janeway doesn't believe her, so the Admiral asks <clears throat> if she remembered what Dad said when she spilled Phoebe's paints on the floor but blamed it on the dog. Then they say together, Come on, Kate. Make something great out of that mess. I was thinking how dangerous it is to give a hologram like your very personal memories like you're pretty much your entire brain yeah and that's the thing is like <laughs> what really separates holla janeway from admiral janeway at this yeah point? exactly yeah other than the fact that holla janeway is relegated to a single ship yes. and she can't move beyond those borders like mm-hmm. if holla janeway had an emh uh or sorry yeah like uh fucking the doctor did mm-hmm. and she could move around freely there would be no difference between these yeah. two people. They yeah. have the same memories, the same experiences. They make the same decisions. Mm-hmm. Like the only thing is like Holly Janeway can be hacked. 
Yeah. But in a way... She, she can be compromised in some but, way, and her information can be... But in a way, in this episode, we also see that, in a way, Admiral Janeway can be hacked. Yeah. So, you know? Everything What's can the be difference? Hacked. Yeah. yeah. If it's got a pushy, I can hack it. <laughs> um, Admiral Janeway explains how they swapped... Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Admiral Janeway explains how they swapped neural patterns and, with Dahl and wonders if the two of them together... Uh, might stop the living construct before they get wherever they're going. Admiral Janeway says the construct won't let her retake control of the ship, even with her admiral's overrides. But she can restore Hollow Janeway, who, as a non-essential program, can purge the construct's influence, which I don't understand what that means at all. Mm -hmm. I feel like, yeah, she's still like a Starfleet system, and like interacting with it would infect her. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Yeah. So uh, she rebuilds her corrupted files and says it might sting a bit. Suddenly, Hala Janeway remembers everything. Admiral Janeway asks what happened to the original crew of the Protostar. And Hala Janeway plays back Chakotay, saying the ship suffered heavy damage after passing through a temporal anomaly. And then it shows him being boarded by some robots. Admiral mm. Janeway asks if he, did he, but Hala Janeway does not know. Mm. Suddenly, Rock calls after Janeway slash Dahl and comes down into the chamber. Rock says they found a way to retransfer minds, and Admiral Janeway is glad to hear it. The Admiral asks if Holla Janeway is joining her, and she says, Yeah, let's make something great out of this mess. Yeah. Which is pretty a pretty great callback to a line they just said. Like yeah. It's, it's, this is a well-written episode, I'd say. It is. There's, yeah. there's actually, the, the episode is kind of full of inconsistencies and stuff I don't think really works if you really think about it. Yeah. Uh, the stuff I've already mentioned. Uh, and like, but ultimately, like, I give that a pass because other than that, it's a really well-written episode. Yeah. I mean, like, I do think, like, Doll acts a little... A little ridiculous. Oh yeah, as Janeway, but but it's, it's played up fun. for it's it's, fun. it's it's yeah it's it's fun. It's for kids. Like yeah. you know, it's like you know, I can see like a lot of kids. You know, you know, probably acting the same way, like little yeah. goofy goofy idiots. You know, and yeah. put into an adult body. You know, and, they and would. D Doll is not very well socialized, especially with humans and Starfleet officers at this point. Yeah, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah, it ma yeah, it makes sense, and yeah, so it's Ish. it's passable. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, but yeah, there's there's some great dialogue in this yeah. episode. So, and it, it pushes the story to, to where it needs to be perfectly, just like yes. the last episode. Like the last episode wasn't perfect, but it was good. Mm -hmm. And it, it brought the story to the point it needed to be at, at mm -hmm. the end of the episode, like very well. Yeah. Like this is, honestly, this is the first Star Trek I've seen, unless you count the Dominion War kind of stuff. But this is the first Star Trek I think I've seen that has done a one idea season well, like a one story arc season super well. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and like, yeah, I mean, it like, it, it's sad that we have like, you know, fucking Discovery can't, has had four seasons so far and Picard cannot do it. couldn't do it Picard in two seasons. I doubt it's going to do it in the third <laughs> season, but if it does, I will review the entire first season of Young yes. Sheldon. You know, I think a lot. I think what a lot of it has to do with is the fact that Prodigy is only like twenty-two minutes per episode, right? And so that's actually the complaint. Like the biggest complaint I mm -hmm. see online about Prodigy mm -hmm. is not long enough. But at the same time, I think it's the perfect length. It I, is. I don't want to watch an hour-long children's <laughs> show, and you know who really doesn't want to watch an hour-long children's show? Children. Children. <laughs> they don't want to see that bullshit. Yeah. And and I, and I think it is the best thing you can do because it, it it offers like you know 
introduces a problem that's mm-hmm. solved and then also furthers like the main plot yep and and within a concise perfect 22 minutes mm-hmm. where it's like you know you have like discovery and picard attempting the same thing and eventually an hour that's supposed to be like part of a long basically 10 hour movie mm-hmm. it just feels like a slog and yeah. like you know watching like you know discovery and picard my eyes glaze over at a certain well, point where I, my eyes just kind of go sideways i'm just like i can't and, and the focus thing, on this and the thing too is like you look at the big differences especially with like the crews of picard and discovery and and prodigy mm-hmm. prodigy has a small creative crew Yes. Like, yeah, they do have a lot of animators and stuff because you need a lot of hands on that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a very highly technical thing. But when it comes to their writing room mm-hmm. and like the people in charge of the show, they've only had like four or five directors uh, in 18 episodes. Yeah. And literally all of the scripts are written by people in the writer's room. Yeah. There's only about like, uh, I don't know, eight or nine people who actually write for the show. And like they've all written like full episodes or they're like assistant writers and it's like that's that's fucking awesome like yeah. it's a it's a tight creative team and i feel like they have and it ensures a singular vision i was gonna say yeah they have a similar singular vision mm-hmm. of what they want to happen whereas like picard mm-hmm. you could tell each individual episode was written by someone who is like someone completely different <laughs> yeah like someone completely different and someone's like okay so here's the beginning point and here's the end point of the story figure it out from there and like none of the shit they put in the middle makes sense it is a no. it is a dog shit sandwich every yeah. single time. But the, here's the thing, though: the bread is also made out of dog shit. Yeah. So it's just two, three layers of dog shit. Yeah. They're actually ten because there's ten episodes a season. But yeah. you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like because yeah it, it, that because like the problem everything has to be it's like because it's playing like a really fucked up game of yes and mm-hmm. where yes, it's and where and it's just, and and the and it's like. To play that, you know, with a lot of those things, like, you have to completely ignore, like, whatever's established. You know, yeah. So, honestly, Star Trek Picard Season 2 especially was so yes-anded, it felt almost, like, in terms of structure, like an episode or several episodes of Axe Cop. Have you ever seen Axe Cop? written by a child. It's written by, like, a four-year-old. And it's, like, all of it is, like, stream of consciousness child shit, like... Okay, so there's a cop with an axe, and there's a big evil man, right? But he's got this big, big beard, right? Mm-hmm. And like, and you know, it's just like trailing off, and like, there's all these ideas, but together they're not really cohesive. Yeah, like that's how it feels. Like mm-hmm. nothing in Picard. It feels like there was, honestly, you know what Picard feels like. Mm. It feels like it was directed and written entirely by J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Because those two people have singular visions, but they don't fucking work together at all. No. And like, and so like the two, the three movies they all made back to back in context of each other don't make any sense. They don't make sense. No sense at all. And that's yeah. how I feel about like Picard is I'm like, like the, they'll have episodes where I'm like, yeah, but what they just did kind of erases all of the logic from like the previous three episodes. Yeah. And like, and it just keeps on twisting and turning into this, like until it's like serpentine and it knots itself up and it's like Gordian knot of, of illogical bullshit. Yeah. And you can't, you can't untie it. The only mm. thing to do is cut through it yeah. and become ruler of the world. Like Alexander the great, <laughs> who also loved Dick. Yeah. Just like me. Yeah. Al- me, Alexander the Great, we got something in common. Love We've... that penis. We love dick. Love Although... that penis at Popeyes. Uh, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there though. Uh Alexander the Great, as great as he was, he did not suck nearly the girl dick that I do. No. And so 
I think I might be a little bit greater than Alexander. Uh-oh. Right? You know, I'm just putting it out there. Calling out Alexander the Great. Yeah, you come at me, bro. Come at me. Just you wait, fucking Macedonian bitch. Just, just wait till you get to me. the afterlife and have a dick suck off. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get to Stovacor and fucking Alexander's <laughs> waiting there. He's like, finally, you're here. They each have two. Let's see how many pairs we can do. Thro- throws you this like gold or ornate like uh, like knee pads. <laughs> like that are, like the knee pads of a warrior. And there's just like and there's just like two lines going off into the distance. You can't even see the end of just like just guys waiting and, and just like, all right, let's settle this once and for all. Welcome to the house of hardcock. <laughs> But that's the thing. Glory yeah. to you and your whole. Eventually, you just eventually uh, you gain each other's respect and then just like end with a bro. <laughs> yeah, with the, the the arm shake that Klingons do. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So um, up on the bridge, Zero explains that before they became non-corporeal, Organians would transfer into other bodies through physical touch. Janeway says they weren't touching when they transferred minds, but Rock says, "Hey, maybe it kind of were." Since uh, when the Dauntless's phasers hit the ship, the energy transfer created a link through which the consciousness is passed. Mm. And I can actually buy this logic. Yeah. Like, this is like techno babble that like kind of works for kids, I think. Yeah. And I'm saying it works for kids because I'm, I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. I've, I've got like a third grade education, maybe. Like, past third grade, I was literally just masturbating in the back <laughs> of class for the rest of my school. <laughs> Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do think about my time in school and it's like, yeah, I just went on autopilot. It's yeah. like, yeah, you you just go and you're just physically there. and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Now, seriously, though, like I slept through a lot of school because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I had, I had like trouble sleeping and stuff. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, my parents, uh, uh, whereas like my brother would have trouble sleeping and they're like, oh, let's send you a psychologist and get you the right medication. Uh, my mom was like, you're bipolar like your dad. I'm like, that, what? Yeah. And so they gave me a bunch of medication that like destroyed my mind. Mm. Like made it so like I had weird night sweats for years and stuff mm. like that. And just like, like sent me off the edge. Mm. It was all bad stuff. Don't, don't give like, unless like they're really, really fucked up. Don't give your kids psychological medication. It's, no. It's, it's bad. Especially without any sort of like. Um, suggestion or diagnosis by a doctor. <laughs> I mean, I did have a diagnosis, but it was by a psychologist, mm. not a psychiatrist. Oh, which is weird. And then I got prescribed from someone else or something. So it was a, it was a, it was a big weird thing. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm still like, I still tell my parents like, you really shouldn't done, done that. That was really fucked up for you to do. No. And they're like, well, we were doing the best thing we knew at the time. Like, you literally like, you just like. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> did 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 some dad projection on me, and mm. it it like literally destroyed my mind and made me more like my dad. Which yeah. is you fucked it up. You <laughs> fucked it up. You did the thing you were trying to prevent. Yep. You crapped the bed. Yep. You sh- you know. But that's that's what happens when you have kids, mm. and uh, you know you're not that smart. That's why I ain't having any. Yeah. I mean, I love my parents, and like my dad is highly intelligent, but I yeah, you know, it's, I don't I don't know if I'd call the people like um incredibly good critical thinkers. In mm. fact, I'd call them incredibly bad critical yeah. thinkers. And the way that, like, you know, my dad's midlife crisis was becoming, like, a Christian, and, like, mm-hmm. since then, he's, like, gravitated and realized that, like, you know, he's an atheist. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how can you do that when you're fucking, like, 40? Yeah. I, don't, I don't understand, like... Late in life uh, conversion. It, it's so wild to me. Yeah. Uh, but whatever. Um, so... Uh, oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. I, I skipped, I accidentally skipped. Um, 
So Zero says if they lose their shields, uh, oh, I'm sorry. So upon, up on the bridge, Zero explains that before they were non-corporeal, Organians would transfer other bodies through physical touch. Uh, Rock explains the thing about the phasers hitting the ship and creating a link. And Janeway says, since they have to recreate that scenario, that Doll has to fi- Doll as Janeway has to fire on the Protostar. Mm-hmm. But I thought about this, and I'm like, although, wouldn't the Protostar be able to fire on the Dauntless? But then I think maybe they're, like, they're not powerful enough, because it needs to actually touch the ship and not just the shields. Yes. So, so maybe. Okay. So... Uh, Zero says if they lose shields, the Diviner takes the ship, and the lock controls mean there's no beaming or no using the shuttles. Mm -hmm. So, Dahl and Janeway, in fact, need to meet in space and physically touch uh, at warp while they're in the warp bubble. So, Janeway shrugs it off, saying she was once transformed into a salamander, and nothing could be Mm -hmm. as difficult to that. And I, like, I had to pause, and I was like, I mean, I was, like, fucking... You know, it was like I was at a rap battle and someone just dropped the craziest line. I just went, <laughs> whoa, yeah. world star. Like I, I was hype on yeah, this moment. Threshold reference that make that this is the yeah, catapulting prodigy. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like, like I had my doubts about prodigy in the beginning. No, but this made me come in my pants. Yeah, I was, I was just blasted right through. I was just like, Straight fuck, mm-hmm. man. Threshold reference, fucking salamanders. Sold. Sold. Ten out of ten episode right there. You could they could have just stopped it right here, rolled credits. I would have been like, well, <laughs> that does it for me. Mm-hmm. Um so suddenly Murph notices Doll as Janeway on the Dauntless through the window. He's trying to communicate with them and is using Morse code to spell out SOS. Uh, but Jenkum says he's pretty sure S and O are the only two letters that Doll learned, <laughs> which is pretty funny. I yeah. like that. Uh, Janeway says she has an idea. A little game from Earth known as charades. Mm-hmm. Rock is excited for a game. <laughs> and so then they play uh, the game with uh, fucking Michael Douglas and Sean Penn. Is that Michael Douglas? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the yeah. game. Yeah. That that movie, yeah, that, that movie's... I don't know, I have problems with that movie. Do you? It's been a while since I watched it, but I, I remember really liking it because it has some fun twists and stuff. What, it does, but it's just funny that like that it's just like it it he basically gaslights and just like drives his brother insane just as yeah. a birthday present. Yeah, yeah. He he drives him to the brink of insanity and like literally his brother tries to commit suicide at the mm-hmm. very end of the film and he's like, Surprise! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yep, you made the decision to commit suicide because you thought you murdered a lady. <laughs> Surprise! It was all a goofy trick that we have this guy, these guys for, and it's a the company that does this thing. Although, although you know, to be fair, like every billionaire deserves like psychological torment on that level. Oh, absolutely, every day. And so he's he's supposed to be like a rich investor or something in this. And so, like, I see Sean Penn as the hero for at least tormenting his brother for a day. He should have let him jump. <laughs> yeah. Or, I mean, well, he did let him jump. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he landed in the, the big, like, thing that, like, stunt doubles use. Remember? Oh, that's right. He jumped yeah, that's through right. the window. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe you need to go back and watch the game because it's great. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't watched, I just, I I haven't just, watched I, it in like a decade, so just, it might not be good. I just think it's, I, yeah, the whole movie was just like, yeah, just really funny that they, that it was all just a goof and, yeah. I mean, spoiler, I mean, spo- alert. spoiler alerts. We, we fucked it up for you. The game, yeah. I mean, it's a fucking 25 year old movie. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen it by now, who cares? And you yeah. probably won't see it. So, yeah. right. 
Uh, so Janeway says she has an idea. Uh, but no. So uh, the crew put on a little performance for Doll as Janeway to relate the message of you got to get out in space. And he gets mm-hmm. it pretty quickly. He does. Yeah. He's good at trades. Yeah. So it's crazy that they can't just like, uh, I don't know, uh, write a note and put it up against the window. Yeah. 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 Yep. But yeah. No. But- yeah. The only, the only response to this is yeah, you're right. But then again, do they all speak this? Do they all write in the same language? It doesn't matter. The universal translator can take care of it. I can fucking, I can use a universal translator on my phone from mm. Google. Google has a translator that you can like point at a sign and it will instantly translate it. Yeah. So if I, I imagine the Dauntless has, you know, the Google translator. Yeah, that's why I don't know. Like they can't spell out things like kind of on their, on the whole of their thing. Just like send messages that way. True. But yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. They should have like a little LED thing on the front of their ship. Like a uh, fucking buses do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like two terminal and stuff like well, that. I, did, I have seen a car in traffic before that had like a, a one a LED display on the back of their car that that spelled that messages is like you are following me too close. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was actually thinking of getting that for someone for a present. They're only like 50 or 60 bucks. They're pretty cool. little mm. things. Yeah. Yeah, it's about your own little messages. Tell people to fuck off. Yeah, or I mean, uh, or I should get you one, and it'll just be <laughs> it'll say, "I am the Star Trek car. I am the Star Trek." <laughs> Follow me to the local glory hole <laughs> at Potomac Bomb. At Potomac Bomb. Um. So, Janeway understands full. Or sorry, um, Doll is Janeway understands the charades fully and begins celebrating before realizing that. Gnome, Tysis, and Essentia are standing there watching her seemingly talk to herself. Doll is Janeway, pretends she was just stretching. Tysis says they'd better get her to sickbay, and Janeway runs away from them, trying to evade them, but security stops her. Mm-hmm. She asks if they know who she is, and Gnome says no. No, they do not, and hits her with the hypospray. Ooh. Knocked out. On the protostar, Janeway as doll is fully fitted in a spacesuit by Rock, and Janeway tells her she's gonna make a great science officer someday. Doll hugs her. It's really sweet. Gwyn thanks Janeway and says if they're lucky enough to get into Starfleet, maybe they'll see her around, and notes Doll would probably love it more than anyone. Janeway sighs and tells Gwyn that Doll is an augment, and augments were banned from Starfleet after the eugenics wars, and says he'll never be allowed in. Jenkum asks if Dahl should probably be in space floating towards them about now. Mm. Probably should. Yeah. But he's not because he's Admiral Janeway restrained to a bio bed in sickbay now. The Diviner is hovering over her, saying they did it for her safety. Also, why isn't Janeway being watched over by security team? They trust in the bio bed. The trust in the restraints. Yeah, but potentially dangerous person, like, because, you know, like, uh, like, um, uh, aliens that can just, like, like, in, in like, uh, in, in corporal, like, you know, like, uh, uh, corporeal, like, beings that can just take over, take over, um, Starfleet officers that happened a lot in the past. True. So, like, she could potentially be housing them that could just escape and go into someone else. And it should, should be probably be monitored to see what's going on. There. But at the same time, like, um, why would they keep a lot of victims around her? If that's a possibility. True. Yeah. Just... I mean, like really what they should do is put her in restraints, put a force field around her, like bio beds all have in yeah. Star Trek. 
and contain her that way because she yeah. can't she can't get out of that unless someone undoes the force field, which you need some kind of access or override to do. Yeah, so it's true. Dahl is Janeway Yell's diviner, and he says it was only a matter of time before she learned who he was. He says most of his life, Starfleet has been his enemy, the destroyers of his world, so her kindness was unexpected. But he has a mission to complete, and the Federation's destruction will bring the salvation of his people, which is why he must do what he must do. And then he releases her restraints, Mm -hmm. which was kind of surprising. Yeah, it was very surprising. He tells her that she saved his life, so he is returning the favor. But he has just one request. Should he fail his mission, he asks Janeway to protect his daughter. Dahl says, you know, I get it. I'd do anything for Gwen, too. And holy shit, that one hit me right in the feels. Yeah. I was like, whoa, hey, that was a really sweet, tender moment. He's like, sir, if I had a penis right now, I'd have a full-on boner for your daughter. (laughs) And he's like... No, just a juicy clip. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Wait, wait, wait. Diviner, you got a dick? <laughs> I want to see what this feels like. Ooh. Diviner, give me some biscuits. Got to sop this up. Sop hey. up this gravy. <laughs> hey, you got one of them divining rods. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, Doll then runs off. Dahl sneaks around the bridge, Dahl is Janeway, that is, and to an airlock, suits up and heads out into the warp bubble before realizing he's at the wrong end of the ship and must walk to, like, maybe half a kilometer to the front end of the ship. Yeah, that's a huge ship. Yeah, and also, like, who, yeah, no one's monitoring Janeway here. They just, like, abandon her. No one's monitoring the airlocks? No, nothing. Supposedly, like, like, just walk right out. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, especially like yeah, you're at warp and there's nothing that says, "Hey, uh, why is an airline?" Yeah, there's no sa- there's no uh, no safety um, uh, no, th- no, you, no, thing you got to bypass. No, that no. being like, you are at we are at warp right now because it, w- it would make sense if like it was actually Janeway doing this because she could have override codes or something yes. to like disable those alarms or anything. But this is like you know, doll who doesn't know shit. Yeah, doll doesn't know shit, and then like yeah, you think like that the ship would automatically go into some sort of like thing you could not open the doors at all <laughs> so on the bridge um of the dauntless janeway appears on the view screen and uh they notice that she's outside tysis tells gnome to beam her back in but he says the warp is causing too much distortion and that's not possible tysis asks for options before she burns alive mm. Gnome laughs and says she's endangering the lives of everybody on board. And in this moment, Dr. Gnome finally sounds exactly like Jason Alexander Mm -hmm. for the first time this series. Yes. Like he he almost sounds like he's like, he's like, it's the, almost sounds like the, we're living in a society line, the way he he delivers it. He does the scream thing, like the Mm -hmm. kind of quiet scream. Yeah. It's really good. He's like, She's endangering the lives of everybody on board the <laughs> ship, Jerry! Um, so, outside, Dahl as Janeway starts making the flying journey from one ship to the other. Inside the Protostar, Gwyn is saying they'll have to put down their shields for just a few seconds uh, in hopes the Dauntless doesn't notice and use the opportunity to board their ship. Mm-hmm. Zero tells Janeway, as Dahl, to try not to look down or to the side. Or mm-hmm. up. But Janeway says it's not her first rodeo. 
She says she's going to fix this and we'll make sure everybody gets a fair shake once they're out of this mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holla Janeway thanks Admiral Janeway for all of the memories. Admiral Janeway tells Murph it's time to go and they exit the protostar together. On the outside. Also curious. Like we've seen that the protostar is able to in, to basically instantly fabricate, you know, um small small tra- vehicles of, you know, that they can mm-hmm. and or any vehicles of any kind they want. Right. Like wouldn't it make sense to have like some sort of like propellant device like create some sort of like small personal thing like a scooty buff junior type thing just like to oh like a jetpack or something yeah a little jetpack or just like a little thing that like doll could ride instead yeah that's a good point like yeah i'm surprised that like their spacesuits don't have boosters of some sort or anything yeah like nothing yeah. Sense, yeah and just like just like betting on just like being able to perfectly coast through this warp bubble to meet each other well it was it was dramatic it was dramatic yeah but yeah it'd be but yeah it would have made sense like if like Janeway doll was just like riding a little little scooty thing and just like through through the warp bubble and to meet up with Janeway. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Or so doll. on the outside, uh, Janeway tethers herself to the ship with Murph as a rope as Doll and Janeway reach out to each other and just as they're about to touch, Doll is pulled back via a tractor beam by the Dauntless. Mm-hmm. Janeway tells Murph to stretch as far as he can, but it isn't far enough. Janeway says she needs to create a conduit and says, might sting a bit mm-hmm. and shoots Admiral Janeway's body with a phaser. <laughs> the conduit is complete and the two switch back to their respective bodies. Um, so now that we know uh, that Murph can be used as a rope, um, who do you think's uh, going to be doing a, you know, a little Some Shibari? Well, I was, I was thinking more of a, you know, um, a David Carradine situation. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I guess Doll could hang himself. I mean, he could already do that with a tail. I think he, I think Doll can. Already... I mean, uh, not Doll, uh, Murph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't, does Murph even have a penis? Un- unclear at this point. I mean, no, it's it's clear. It's like clear and blue and purple. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the outside, um, J- oh no no no, already got that. So. Janeway tells, I uh, already got that too. Uh, so Dahl wakes up as himself again on the protostar and hugs Murph, calling him a wonderful slimy thing, which is also what he calls big fat cock. <laughs> uh, he enters the bridge and Jenkum says, you don't need to be a telepath to know that's Dahl. Mm-hmm. Gwyn says, it's good to have him back. He says, you have no idea. Suddenly they're dropping out of warp and Zero asks where they've landed. Dahl says it's Federation space. And this is one heck of a welcoming party. We then pan out to see dozens of Starfleet ships dropping out of warp, ready to greet the protostar violently. Gwyn says she's glad the Admiral is on their side. Dahl says, yeah, uh, about that. (laughs) Over on the Dauntless, Admiral Janeway wakes up in her own body and says it does sting quite a bit before realizing she's in the brig. Bum, bum, bum. The brig. So everyone's in danger now. Yeah. Danger, Will Robinson. And they finally put a guard on Janeway. Indeed, which makes yeah. <laughs> and a fucking, uh, 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 you know, a fucking, yeah, put her in something with a, something around it. A containment field. Yeah, actually yeah. contained her somewhere instead of just putting some fucking dinky ass wrist locks on her. <laughs> Uh, what do you think of this episode? It was good. I like it. 
Yeah, very yeah. good. I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, like, uh, yeah, it was fun to uh, to have, like, a mind swap hmm? uh, episode. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm glad they finally, like, I'm glad, like, you know, Gwen was there to um, uh, uh, maturely uh deliver this information to janeway mm-hmm. finally <laughs> not like not do like a bunch of like yeah type I, stuff i do wonder if the i do anything for gwen too if that's actually kind of setting up a romance between doll and gwen or if it's just going to be like i deeply care about this person but I've, oh i think they've been, i've been hit, i yeah, think they've been I, hitting I like, it for yeah, a long time i feel time. like they've been telegraphing it a little just little by little uh, yeah obviously if it comes it's not going to come till the second season yeah um and doll's not going to be able to come till the second season because of that too so yes yeah um so yeah uh, i thought it was really good and honestly like prodigy at this point i'd say like the series in almost every single episode is like a seven or eight like it is yeah. consistently definitely above average mm-hmm. it's not perfect yeah it doesn't hit all my sensibilities it doesn't check all my boxes but like is a star trek show that is written for a young audience mm-hmm. it still connects with me often enough to where i'm like i still want to watch this show yeah. I'd, I'd probably watch the show if i wasn't reviewing it straight yes up. Like, yeah, I mean, it's not that big of a time commitment, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, and it's like the placeholder in between all the other Star Treks, which is a cool thing to have. Yeah. In the first and, I, and I think they handle like a lot of the established lore. Great. Cause yes. They, Cause that's the thing. Like they make the threshold reference. Yes. And, and so like to people who have seen Star Trek, like, you know, we get the reference, but to the kids, that just sounds like a funny thing. Yeah. Like, you know, I was a salamander and the kids. And they go, ha ha ha. Kids, yeah, Whereas are, I'm just fucking coming uncontrollably. <laughs> You're just you're just like going <laughs> and rubbing your hands together in a dark room. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's it's just like uh, on fucking UHF, like Timmy with the fire hose. Yeah. I just can't control it; just yeah. spraying everywhere. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's fun and it's fun how they're able to do that. You know, and also when they brought back Okana, you know, mm-hmm. we know Okana, but you know, kids just see him as like this older guy, and it's it's a fun thing how yeah. they can make these references that that you know kids can think is is funny or great, but. But not actually understand. Yeah, not understand understand the the previous context of these things. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty great. Yeah, good. Recommended. Episode. Go watch it. Yeah, Prodigy's good. Watch Prodigy. Alrighty. Well, that's all the new Trek for the week. We only got two episodes left. So, uh, and I think it's a two parter episode. So, oh shit! Uh, starting next week, we will be uh, reviewing all that, and then uh, the final episode is the week of Christmas. Oh, is it really? It really is. Uh, so that's cool. And then after that, we're going to have, uh, I don't know, up until February 12th or whatever, uh, Silver Card. So I think we have six weeks. So wow. during that six weeks, uh, we're going to go ahead and do what we did last time, which is we default to the Star Trek movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are going to review all four of the TOS films. Hmm. Uh, and then we are probably going to get started on the Kelvin films after that. Oh, shit. Yeah. All righty. So. With that, uh, would you like to do a Klingon word of the day? Yeah, why not? All right, let's jump right in. Today's Klingon words of the day Uh is, we have two, we have Vok Mm -hmm. and Tick. Vok, Tick? Yep. 
well, to use in a sentence, one mm. second, like, uh, Vok means faith. Okay. Tick oh. means heart. Oh. So if you were to say faith of the heart, you would say Tick Vok. Because you would want to put heart before faith, and that would right. mean tick, faith of the heart. Tick Vok. Yeah. Tick Tick Vok. I've got Tick Vok. <laughs> tick Vok. Yeah. <laughs> I know where my tick will take me. <laughs> love it. We love that. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for that. All right. Well. Uh, with that, would you like to take a trip and listen to some subspace transmissions? Let's take a trip. Let's take an acid trip, baby. Oh, shit! Subspace Transmissions, it's that part of the show where we see what the internet is saying about the episode that we just watched. Hmm. So first we're going to uh, take a little trip over to trekmovie.com where they uh, put up some little factoids about every episode after it airs, which I think is pretty fun. Hmm. So uh, we got some random bits is what they call it. So they say, uh, Mindwalk is also the name of a 1990 film exploring themes of viewing different perspectives of philosophy, po- politics, and physics. Okay, cool. Interesting. Uh, next, we got uh, D. Bradley Baker, who plays Murph, and Angus I- Imri, who plays Zero, also voiced all the unnamed Dauntless crew members this episode. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, like, pretty regular. D. Bradley Baker is, like, uh, a very well-versed mm. fucking voice actor. Yeah. Uh, the second, probably the second most tenured voice actor in all of uh, Star Trek right now. Mm. The first being um, Frank Tatascore. Oh yeah, who has been on on just video games alone? Mm. He has voiced over four hundred and ninety by wow. the last count video game characters. Jesus Christ, which is insane. Yeah, uh, he's he actually it's believed that he might have been he might be the person uh, who has been involved in the production of the most video games of all time mm. because his voice is on everything. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you ever hear a guy in a video game who, who sounds like this, yeah. <laughs> it's Frank Tatascore. Like Hells, yeah. 10 times out of 10. Yeah. I could see him just doing all like the you know, military guys. Yep, yep. And, he's, yeah. He's on like all the gears of war and mm. fucking all that shit. Um, so yeah, next we got to uh, merging warp fields was first done by the NX one enterprise in the Star Trek Enterprise episode, Divergence, hmm. which is pretty cool. I didn't realize that. I don't even remember that episode. But yeah. That's cool. Uh, next, we got Janeway unscientifically calls the body swap impossible, even though such things have uh, precedent, and she famously said, weird is part of the job on Voyager. She has. Mm-hmm. Um, in Janeway's quarters, Dahl played with a model of the USS Voyager. So it was, oh, a, it was, I was right. Awesome. Cool. I love when I'm right. <laughs> um Doll's pew 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 thing was a callback to the uh, two-part series premiere. Mm. Uh, next, we got Doll calling Tysus antennas. Surely, must be a Starfleet HR violation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. That's just like bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you, don't, you don't do that. Yeah. Tysus ever... is just like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's like something that they reference themselves and are like proud of, like. If someone called me like a tall drink of water or something, I'd be like, well, that's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, there there's certain things that are fine. Mm-hmm. But if someone called out something, you know, that either was just like something that all 
like, you know, I'm, I'm fairly Polish. And so if someone was like, uh, Hey there, uh, a bunch of hair on the shaft of your penis. I'd be like, God damn it. Don't call me that. <laughs> How did you, I mean, <laughs> Oh, it was all the extra vowels and consonants in my last name. Wasn't it? Fuck. No. Um, so, uh, let's see. What else do we got? Uh, eh, there's that. Mm, how is it that starships can't tell when comm matches aren't attached to anyone over three centuries after the invention of the Fitbit? That is very true. That's a very good question. Considering, yeah, because like, because that, yeah, because the comm badges are reading their vitals. I was gonna say, yeah, the comm badges are constantly reading their vitals. So mm-hmm. if you took it off, they'd either assume you're dead, yeah, or be like, hey, wait a sec, <laughs> yeah, uh oh, we should check on this person. So Gamma Serpentis is a real star in real life, about thirty-seven light years from the Sol system, which also appears in Star Trek star charts. Hmm. Uh, next, we got to prove she was genuine. Janeway talked about Phoebe, which was the name of her younger sister, as established in the novel Mosaic, written by Voyager co-creator Jerry Taylor. Hmm, that's crazy. She was named after a character in Friends. It really is yeah. absolutely, and it's also like even crazier that <laughs> they're actually taking canon from like memory beta stuff, like yeah. non-canon. I like that. A yeah, lot. that's awesome. Yeah, they're they're filling out like actual canon with non-canon stuff, which I love because. I hate, I hate it when like, especially like Star Wars, they're like, oh yeah, everything's non-canon now, yeah, was, except the movies. I'm yeah, like, I was about to say like, that's one thing like the, after they bought it from um, George Lucas, they really fucked themselves because the um, expanded universe actually has very interesting stories. Not only interesting, the expanded universe makes things actually make sense. Yes. Like uh, if you actually look into it. The Empire and the reason the Emperor sets up the Empire, although it's bad and like fashy and shit, mm-hmm. it makes sense. And he actually has a good reason for it. Mm-hmm. Like he sees far, far, far into the future, right? Mm-hmm. And he sees uh, their galaxy being taken over by like an outside force. Mm-hmm. And he realizes the only way to stop this is to consolidate all of the power in that galaxy and build up an equal outside force to push them back. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that, you can't do that with a bunch of unincorporated planets. The only way to do that is to build the empire. Yeah. And so that's exactly why he does it. And it makes a fucking ton of sense. Mm-hmm. And it like fleshes out everything. And it makes the the emperor an actually like interesting, complex character, mm-hmm. almost in the same way the diviner is. In yeah. Here, right? Yeah. Um, but then fucking J.J. Abrams is like, no, that makes too much sense. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to make the rise of Skywalker and take the biggest shit on everything that made sense there. Big old steamy one. And so he took a, a <laughs> yeah, he took a, a, a poo poo Abrams all over <laughs> everything. And uh, no one, no one liked that. No. No one liked that. So uh, last little factoid we have here, the Starfleet Armada uh, that comes out of work mm-hmm. at the very end of the episode is made up of Sovereign class, Kira class, Defiant class, and Centaur type ship centaurs which we haven't seen centaur class for quite a while actually mm. so i do like centaurs me too yeah they're pretty cool do you prefer a centaur or a minotaur centaurs okay why uh centaurs are funnier it has nothing to do with their big <laughs> big floppy dongs oh yeah they're big fat asses big floppy dongs big yeah. old fat ash yeah hell yeah all right, so uh, that's all the fun facts we got. Uh, we're going to move on to uh, things people said about this episode cool. on Reddit. What was, yeah. that, what was that cool? I wasn't even finished with my sentence. Oh, 
Oh, you said you said doing things from Reddit. <laughs> yeah, you said you said cool way before. I said that. <laughs> we can go back and listen. Uh oh, you preempted that way too much. I I I, I could have been like, we're gonna read stuff from Stormfront.com, <laughs> and you said cool right in the middle of. Then that. I would have been like, cool. <laughs> you been like, give it to me. Let me give it to me. Let me hear. <laughs> Uh, so we start off with um comment from The Chosen Few, who says, Janeway saying Dahl can't join Starfleet because he is an augment just shows what a horrid practice it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you augmented yourself, yeah, okay, no go. But there has to be a Bashir exception here somewhere. I think it just highlights how outdated the attitude is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And also, like, straight up, the augment wars were 300 years ago at mm-hmm. this point. Yeah. It's been a while. And also, it's not something that Dahl chose for himself. Yeah. He was not, he did not choose to be augmented. Um, it, He was born that way. Yeah. Like, 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 um, like uh, Lady Gaga. Like Lady from, Gaga. From the song and album Born This Way. And I, you know, I don't think, and Bashir didn't choose his augmentation either. No, his parents did it to him because uh, he was like not doing as well in school as they wanted. Mm-hmm. And so they fucking paid a doctor to, yeah, that. The whole Bashir thing is actually super interesting, and I really mm-hmm. like that story arc. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I wish they would have like made it obvious too that he they gave him a giant giant schlong. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and insatiable urge to use it on everything he sees. Yeah, but also like extreme like social anxiety and awkwardness. So mm-hmm. he's like, "Hey, I got a big dick, like fuck." And then <laughs> everyone's like, "You're weird, dude. Don't do that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he never even fucked Jedzia. Come on. No, he didn't. Come on. I do, I do like that he didn't, though. Yeah, yeah. And I did, do like that he did get with Ezri. Because yeah. Ezri is much more his type. Ezri, Ezri's cute. She's cute. Yeah. Cute, cute little one. Yeah. Cute, cool. cute little one. Yeah, I like Ezri. She's no Jedzia, though. No. She ain't no Jedzia. Jedzia would have broken him. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jed, Jedzia could, like, literally eat Ezri for lunch. <laughs> yeah. If she wanted. Like, <laughs> and ask for seconds. Like, mm-hmm. come on. So um, next we have a comment from Donut Eater 111 He says, probably cop, right? Yeah. He says, yet another fun episode. Agreed with those praising Brett Gray, who plays Dahl, and Kate Milgrew's performances here. While the scenes with Dahl and Janeway's body were much more comedic, you can tell they both had fun with the switch up. Yes. And it does a good job of setting things up for the two-part finale. Mm-hmm. Janeway, knowing the truth about, uh, sorry, Janeway knowing the truth, but being suspected and arrested by her crew, the protostar crew learning about the Federation's law against augments, and of course, the Federation ships showing up at the end. I'm almost certain they'll all be led by Jellico. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, they will. Yeah. Uh, it's looking to be a very exciting couple of episodes. I'm sad to see it ending soon, but at least we have another season to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And uh, if y'all didn't know, uh, it was already approved for a second season a while ago. Oh, sick. Yeah. So, yeah, we're definitely going to see that. But mm-hmm. given how long it took to put out the first season, I'm not expecting it until 2024. No, no. Yeah. Which is, it's fine. I mean, they, they do have, they have three seasons uh, this year. They have a, a season of Discovery. They have a season of Strange New Worlds. Oh, I'm sorry. They have a season of fucking uh, Lower Decks. And they have a season of Picard. Yeah. Season. So, I mean, in each of those shows is going to be 10 episodes, which is two and a half months. So they literally have 10 months covered this year. Mm. There's only going to be two months probably with no new Star Trek at all. Mm. So, you know. And it's going to be, we're going to have tons of Trek every single time. 
Yeah, and uh, and so that's that's eight weeks, and six of those weeks are going to be the beginning of the year. Mm. So there might it might be the case that we're just reviewing new Star Trek for like the entire year. Damn. Except for two weeks. Damn. Unless they double up with some stuff, which they could do. They could. I mean, they did like do the premiere of Star Trek Picard season, or sorry, the end of Star Trek Picard season two and the premiere of Strange New Worlds on the same night. But, mm-hmm. but other than that, there really hasn't been a whole lot of two episodes at once. No. Oh. Yeah. I guess we'll try. I guess we'll try. All right. Um, Mm. Next, we have a uh, comment from C, uh, uh, SCP-10 million. They say, I've said it once, said it a thousand times, Starfleet needs to implement a suspicious captain protocol. Alien entities either took over or imprisoned Picard on nearly bi-weekly basis. There should be protocols in place for this. Identify suspicious activity, isolate question, resolve issue, and then get back to work. The Federation needs efficiency workflows. I actually agree with all that. Yeah. But I can see it being abused if, if someone has like. Yeah. But. But at this, I mean, at the same. No. I mean, yes, but no. Like, mm-hmm. it, it should be one of those things where like the the first officer and the doctor have to both agree or mm. something like that. You know, like a two key situation. Yeah. Definitely. So where it's not, they can like one person can like plow over them mm-hmm. and do like a 14 amendment type thing. Or yeah. Whatever. Or 18th amendment, 14. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, last little bit we have here. We've got a couple comments here. It starts out with a comment from uncertain error says, uh, Love that the Dauntless crew immediately concludes Janeway's under alien influence after she rejects coffee. <laughs> Meatball 77 says, I am your doctor and I ordered you to drink this coffee. Uh, Atomic Blue then responds, it's even deeper than that. In episode 12, Janeway says she had to give a copy, uh, sorry, she had to give up coffee for tea on doctor's orders. There's also the Voyager episode where Admiral Janeway tells Captain Janeway that she gave up coffee ages ago. Mm-hmm. So the first clue was that Dollway accepted the coffee instead of politely declining it and asking for tea. The fact that Janeway was repulsed by the taste of coffee was the final piece of evidence they needed. Mm-hmm. Someone in the writer's room did their friggin' homework and laid out proper foreshadowing in a little throwaway line. Yeah. Totally. Totally yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, really. Um, and We love callbacks. <laughs> yeah, we really do. Like, And as I said, like, despite a few kind of technical inconsistencies and stuff with this episode is great writing. Yeah. It's really good writing. Like I feel like the, the writers who I, I I'm going to assume are, are like sisters because they got the same last name. Mm. Um, man, they did a fucking cool job. Yeah. Like Julie and Shauna Benson. Great job. Mm. Yeah. Hope they do a, a lot more, more, more episodes of this show. It's pretty yeah. fun. All right. Well, that is all the subspace transmissions we have yeah. for the week. So with that, it's about time for the end of the show. But before we go, let's say goodbye to someone who gave the ultimate sacrifice for the United Federation of Planets. It's a redshirt yeah. obituary. Well, the waiting was in a pinch, and somebody had to die. So thanks a lot. Time to beam up to that big red shirt in the sky. It's the Red Shirt Obituary. Today we remember Maria Astor, who served as a Starfleet Sciences Division officer and held the rank of lieutenant serving aboard the USS Enterprise-D under Captain Jean-Luc Picard as the ship's archaeologist. Mm. 
While on an away mission commanded by Lieutenant Worf on the homeworld of the Koinonians, she succumbed to injuries sustained by shrapnel from an explosive device left over from the Koinonian Wars. A Koinonian being later appeared to the young Aster and attempted to replace the original. Uh, the young Aster being her son, who she uh, brought along on a mission with her, but was mm-hmm. eventually convinced by Captain Picard that her presence was not necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and life is special in a different way than just physical beings. So Commander Riker would later use Maria's or, uh, would later use Maria's death as an example of how he felt the Klingon ritual suicide was a cowardly escape when Worf considered it following his paralysis from a blue barrel accident in 2368. (laughs) So rest in peace among the stars, Lieutenant Astry, and thanks for your contribution to the greater good, I guess. Yeah, R.I.P. Bozo. You done it. You done did it. You clowned around and got bucked. (laughs) You clowned around and you got a pie in the face. Yeah, you... You got a cream pie in the ass. <laughs> the ass of life. Mm-hmm. You know the ass. The ass of life. It's the ass of life. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, that, that's fun. This is the second person that Commander Riker has used as an example to tell Worf not to kill himself mm. uh, that we've talked about. Yeah. Which is, which is great. Worf, is ju- Worf just wants to die. Really? And also, like... Never let Worf command your away team, especially when he's on on, on fucking the the Enterprise. Like he's he's not that competent. Yeah, he's not that good at his job. Yeah, come on, don't let him do that. <laughs> fucking send Riker. He knows what he's or Data. Yeah, Data's respon- responsible. Oh, Data, Data always has everything on the like. Hell yeah, he does. We love our our good autistically coded boy. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, and his cat. And his cat spot. Yeah, and his cat spot. All right. Well, that's about the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, where can we find you online, Patrick, and uh, uh, say hello and ask you for pictures of cats? Uh, I am at Atomic Bomb on Instagram and Twitter. And besides pictures of cats, what are you going to offer for people this week if they ask you? Uh, I don't know. My thanks and adulations. Adulations. Well... Yeah. On a, a similar note, I offer my ejaculations <laughs> on video. I'm talking come video sound on. Which oh, shit. I'm not even, you might be like, ha, huh, they're kidding. Not kidding. <laughs> Myriad people at this point have taken me up and asked for dick pics. Oh, come shit. video sound on. Send it to many people. You know what? Everyone likes it. Oh, hells yeah. Yeah. I got... I got that that meaty stick. I got you got a slap into that slim gym, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. that, it's not a Jim Kirk. It's responsible. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a racist. No. No. It it it, it respects everyone. It does. It'll fuck any color. <laughs> any alien. Yeah. Especially blue. I want fucking Navi so bad, man. Want fucking Navi one day, so bad. One day. One day. One day I'm going to Pandora. I'm going to fuck me a Navi. <laughs> <laughs> uh well, I know what I'm doing later. <laughs> Captain- Navi porn. <laughs> <laughs> like I have to type it as though I don't already it's, have like eight subfolders. Yeah, you already have like a key that just like brings it up. It's a whole whole separate computer setup, man. Yeah. Yep. All right. So with that, Captain's Log Supplemental. Well, that's all, folks. Looks like it's time for us to warp away. Be well, travel safe, and as Ferengi Rule of Acquisition 17 says, 
A contract is a contract, but only between Ferengi. Mm. All right. Well, thanks for checking with the soy boys, girls, and overly beans. Hang, Hang dong, dong in shocker. Soy, 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 Hell yeah. You okay there? Uh, yeah. That was, that, was a, that was a tiny one. Thanks. For the way your like face like undulated, I was <laughs> I was expecting you to like fucking blow a hole through that I chair. Was, I was hoping it would. Yeah. <laughs> really? Are you still recording? That's an expensive chair. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fucking do that to my chairs, dog. Sorry, Come sorry, on, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs>